Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. Happy Hour Express. It is Friday, March 19th. It's the ripe hour of noon when I'm recording this. I've still got a nice coffee that I'm milking here. Um, it's just been one of those mornings, to be honest with you. But there's basketball on today. There's golf on today. So we'll see what uh, what beverage this switches to a little bit later in the day. As you know, I'm your host, Samantha Marks, bringing you everything you need to know from this week in golf in about 10 minutes. And we've got some news this week for sure. I played in the Isleworth member guests this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about the Honda, a little bit about Tiger, a little bit about actually a lot about the LPGA, which is something that I'm going to try to bring a little bit more awareness to here on this podcast. So we're going to get into that. So getting right to it, not wasting any time. Honda Classic this weekend at PGA National. I've played PGA National so many times. Um, the AJGA Polo Invitationals used to be there. Um, I played the Junior Honda Classic. I actually won it um, a few years in a row. So that was super fun when I was uh, in high school. Um, I think it's pretty unfortunate the way that the Honda fell in the schedule this year. Um, it's pretty crazy that that the field is as weak as it is, considering that so many of the PGA Tour players live, I mean, minutes away, like not really exaggerating that. So I think the way that the way that COVID messed up the schedule and then the Honda used to be first in the Florida swing. Now it's uh, what is it? Third now. And so people want to take time off before the WGC next week. I just think it's really unfortunate the way that it that it worked out because I think PGA national is a great test of ability for PGA tour players. And um, I would love to see, to see the field get stronger as the years go on again. But as for round one, Matt Jones fired a first round 61 out of nowhere. Um, Literally the definition of out of nowhere was that round. So we'll see how he fares today. Went off early yesterday and then late today and it's supposed to be a little windy still today. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Next up, we've got Tiger returns home after his car crash about three weeks ago. He was in California for, for a few weeks Um, at some different hospitals, getting surgeries and treatments there. Um, And he's back home in Jupiter now recovering, released a statement the other night saying that he was thankful for all the support. Um, So that's really great news. I think that it'll be interesting to see how and if he comes back, obviously, as we spoke about before, we're glad he's alive. We're glad he's safe and um, well overall. Um, And just prayers and thoughts out to him and his family in this journey of recovery and his team as well. Other Tiger news this week, he's returning to the video game space. Like, this was so exciting, and I, I don't even play video games. He signed a long-term commitment with 2K, um, which is obviously a video game about golf and playing golf on video game consoles. And I've never been a video gamer. I don't think I've ever played a video game in my life, but... This is something that I might buy <laughs> when it comes out and figure a way to play it. I think uh, it's super cool that I, you can see Tiger's uh, uh, responsibilities and interests shifting a little bit as he gets older and still wants to stay relevant in the, in the different ways uh, that the game is developing. So I think that that's super exciting as well. And that was a cool announcement, especially after his car accident about three weeks ago. Next up, we've got uh, Bryson's effect on the tour and most specifically Rory. Last week, Rory said that uh, at the players that he got caught up chasing Bryson's distance and what Bryson is doing on tour. 
And I was pretty baffled by this statement. Um, Rory, as we know, is one of the best, strongest, um, like a physical fit, like he's fit, he's he's uh, strong, he's one of the best golfers in the world, and he got sucked into into comparison, into chasing um, some what someone else is doing when he was doing uh, everything pretty good to begin with. So, I think that that really just shows that Bryson really is changing the game. And if you don't think so, then you must have your eyes closed because. There's people like Rory McIlroy, number one in the world for a very long period of time, a uh, winner of, of multiple events on the PGA Tour. Um, I mean, one of the best ball strikers there's ever been. And he's, as I said, he got stuck in, uh, in comparison. And I think that that's a lesson to us all. Um, you know, we've talked about Bryson before and and this wasn't an overnight thing. This wasn't, um, this didn't just happen over quarantine. Like, like we thought it all did when Bryson came out and, and was, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds heavier and hit it further. This was, this was years in the making. So I think for Rory to sacrifice, um, the good that he had going in order to get a few more yards off the tee when he was already fine in that department is, is very shocking to me. Um, Travis and I talked about this too, and, and he agrees with me. It's just, it's a little baffling and don't get me wrong. I appreciate his honesty. And I think he's always been a great interview and, and he'll always give you the good soundbite, but I just, I wish that that wouldn't have happened to him because we knew that he was, he was on the right path um, to begin with. So next up, we've got Michelle. Wee is coming back to the LPGA tour and I'm so excited for this. Um, after the birth of her daughter, it was announced today on Friday that she's coming back up the upcoming LPGA Kia classic and the ANA inspiration. She's battled so many injuries over her career. And then she got pregnant with her new husband. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see her compete again, especially with the um, competition that's out on the LPGA tour now with the Cordas and Lexi Thompson playing pretty well. I think it's, it's going to be kind of a blast from the past with the same people playing well as it was, you know, last time Michelle, we was playing well. So I'm so excited to see her compete again. And um, that's just super exciting that she's going to come back as, as a lot of LPGA players did this year after birthing a child. So super exciting there still on the LPGA front. Beth Ann Nichols of Golf Week wrote an article that garnered a lot of traction on social media this week. The gist of the article, if you haven't read it, is that courses need to be shorter to allow women to score and that these, quote, misguided course setups are holding back women's golf. And I want to get into this a little bit. Um, Nichols acknowledged that no one wants to watch a pitch and putt every week. That's obviously true. But I'm not sure how much I agree with this article. And I think we're focusing on the wrong thing here. I understand that maybe par fives need to be shorter so players can reach them. But the real point I want to make here is I don't think you can compare men's and women's golf. There's far too many factors. And um, I'm not touching the amateur side. I'm purely touching LPGA. Um, the average winning score on the LPGA is double digits under par. My main issue is if we don't fix having more live TV time, better marketing and promotion of the players, increased sponsor presence, increased purses, um, overall increased awareness, then we're going to stay in the same place in women's golf for a long time. So I think... I mean, sure, we can shorten courses if that makes you feel better, but scores are already double digits under par most weeks, and that doesn't fix the issue of awareness around women's golf. So 
um, got in, got in a discussion with one of my old teammates, uh, Summer Rochelle, who now plays on the mini tours about this. And I, we just couldn't agree more that I, I just don't think they're, they're apples to apples. It's like comparing apples to oranges. And unless we fix, like I said, the awareness around the LPGA and the promotion of players and, and everything else I mentioned that we're going to stay in the same place. And obviously these conversations are good to have, and it's, it's great that this stuff is being brought to the surface, but I don't know. I just don't think that that's, I really don't think that that's something we need to put our energy on. I think we should more so put our energy on the thing that Mike Wan has been trying to do with the LPGA before, um, before he left and went to the USGA. So that's just kind of my thoughts. Um, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like it. Um, I just think that, that there's a bigger fish to fry, if that makes sense. And I, I like watching the LPGA so much because their, their distances are more relatable and, uh, and I just love watching the girls. So if we could do more of that, uh, more marketing and, uh, we'll be in a better place. So just kind of my rant on that, that was like the big topic I wanted to cover today. Last thing I want to cover today is, um, I played in the Isleworth women's member guest this week. So it was Tuesday, Wednesday, um, it was afternoon on Tuesday, morning on Wednesday, shotgun, uh, Isleworth doesn't have a very big women's membership. Um, so there weren't that many teams, but me and my mom got invited by one of her friends out there. And I know it was a few days ago. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me talking about it. I'm not over it. Okay. We won gross, which yes, that's all that matters. I get it. But the team who won net. Okay. They were 23 under net and 11 over gross. That just don't add up to me. And um, that's just kind of stuff that really bothers me because everybody on our team was under a 10 handicap. I didn't get any shots the whole time. My mom only got a few shots. Um, so, I mean, we, we obviously only really cared about gross to begin with, but it's just funny the way that, that people try to finagle their handicaps. And we have that issue at my country club too. And it's, it just makes me so mad. Um, these people who play in this stuff, they, they need to, uh, have more integrity and honor about the scores that they're entering or not entering. Um, so if you keep a handicap, the lesson here is that you need to be honest about it and enter every score in correctly with the right tee box. Um, good, bad, ugly. Um, that's what a handicap is. And that's what makes a level playing field. If you are um, fudging your handicap, then then it's not going to be a level playing field. And again, this doesn't have anything to do with me wanting to win the net division. I don't care about the net division. We all got the same crystal trophy. It's not a big deal. It's the principle of it, if that makes sense. So it is what it is. As I said, I'm clearly not over it, so it's fine. But that's pretty much all I had for this, <laughs> for this week. I wanted to go out on that note. Um, thanks for bearing with me here. That's the goal here on Friday. Deliver you the most amount of news in the least amount of time. Uh, get you caught up on what happened this week in golf, both professional and my life, obviously. I'm going to go play this afternoon. And then we've got um, playing in the couples event on Sunday again, which I tweet about very often as well. So stay tuned to the Stripe Show podcast on Twitter. Subscribe. Leave us a review if you had fun with me today. I'd really appreciate it. And that's it for this week. But we'll see you next week. And until then, cheers. And hey, have fun watching the NCAA tournament and the Honda Classic this week. And we'll see you next week.